welcome back to week one of the Punt Return podcast. Once again, we're back. Uh, we've gone through our season previews. I guess we've done a, a division preview episode uh, across the board. Uh, but now we get into the real stuff. Ryan Lepore, you're uh, back on the show after your debut season last year. How are you feeling about this season? Yeah, pumped for the season, mate. And thank you for having me on once again this year. Uh, like we said in our previews as well, for all the listeners that that didn't hear them. Nick and I only finally met for the first time this season, or this year, I should say. So we did all of last year recording uh, on Zoom and and hadn't actually met each other face-to-face. So it was nice to – we've had multiple catch-ups now that we're working close by one another as well. So it's been great. The off-season, yeah, super pumped for this season and uh, we kick off with an absolute ripping game as well. But we'll get to that after our, our season predictions, mate. Yeah, that's right. It has been has been a, a pretty big off season, I guess, around the, the football world. But as we get back into real life, I guess, can we say we're post COVID now? I don't know. Is it still too early to say that, or what are we allowed to say? I think we can say we're finally post COVID now. The issues with a lot of players going on IR or having the COVID protocols, um, as we did in the NFL over the past two seasons. So it'll be nice to have a full squad of players to choose from for fantasy perspective and also for for team sakes to have to have all their players on the field at once so um as we've seen through the the Aussie codes here in in Australia through the football codes I should say there have been a few players that have, have been out with covid but it's it's few and far between now so hopefully we're we're back to normal and, and we can have a full season with the uninter- uh, no interruptions with that um, dreadful C word. Absolutely. Well, it is interesting. I and mean, we, we thought this time last year that hopefully we'd be kind of getting back into, into a full season. And I think that's the main, the main thing here is that yeah, as, as the world opens up again, I guess after two and a half, in some cases, years locked down or, or closed up and, uh, and shut up shop that, yeah, we're really hoping for for a really kind of balanced year again. You can you know get back to work, you can go out and enjoy time with the family, and getting that kind of work life balance again, which has been so so tough for so many over the last couple of years, is going to be really important. And for us, I think part of that is is doing our doing our podcast once a week, and looking forward to to getting back on that getting back on that train. And um, I guess in some some parts, it it will be pretty similar to to previous seasons. Of last year, we kind of kept the the format of the you know, the, the game by game preview and we'll probably stick to that uh in some cases we might tone down some of the some of the betting chat we might not have you know three bests and, and long shots every week but but we'll try and keep you know a lot of that that kind of format the same is this is a i guess a, a data stats analysis you know prediction type show after all but we will try and and keep some of that football talk um front of mind uh, as opposed to the betting stuff it is it is tough um it is tough to kind of you know, do that research week in, week out, but we'll, we'll hopefully have um, still a fair bit of that content for you guys listening each week because we know that it is a, a big part of you know, your week and it's a big part of our week, obviously, as punters and and doing the, the podcast. We kind of love doing all that sort of stuff, but we'll, we'll take it week by week and, and see what happens. But um, Ryan, you want to get stuck into our season predictions? Yeah, absolutely. We, like you said, we've done a a preview show on each of on every division uh, across the AFC and NFC. So, what we'll do, we'll just recap our our winners of each division uh, and and potentially what we think or well, who will end up as the playoff teams, as well as the win- winners. Of course, we'll we'll select the three wild card teams as well for each conference. So, I'm gonna kick us off, Nick, with the AFC North, mate. Yeah, I'm going the Bengals. Uh, pretty tough tough to beat the Bengals this season uh, and have them right back up there at the, the pointy end of the season. How about you? 
yeah, I've got the Bengals on top as well. They are actually slight um, underdogs compared to the Ravens, I think, who are favourites for the division. But we've both sided with the Bengals. And and just we'll, just um, as we touch on, as we move on to the AFC South, this is the only division across the eight that we actually have a, a different winner. So we're very aligned on on the majority. So seven of eight is pretty unheard of for um, that's, two blocks. I don't know yeah. if that's I don't know if that's impressive or scary. I don't know if we should be worried <laughs> or or yeah, relieved. I'm not sure. We'll see. I guess in in a couple of months. AFC South, mate. It's uh, we've got a head to head. We do have a head to head. The only one, and I've gone the outsider in the Tennessee Titans. It's obviously. A two-horse race, we would think, with the Jags and the Texans still in rebuilding mode. So it does look a race in two with the Colts and the Titans. Of course, the Titans have had the wood over the Colts the last couple of seasons. Uh, the Colts agonizingly missed out in the playoffs as well last season. But when the Titans did have that, they were the number one seed, if you can remember back to the AFC mm-hmm. last year. The Titans are the outsider, like I said. The Colts, the short price favorite. But I've just sided with the Titans. I think they can run it back for one more year with King Henry back at full health. But... That, uh, that offensive line and, and defensive line even does look a slight concern for the Titans where the Colts probably do look a bit more shored up in that uh, in that part of the field. Yeah, I, I've gone the Colts. Uh, I think, you know, as, as I mentioned in our um, AFC South preview, I just think that the Colts are a more balanced team. I think the Titans are, are kind of at the, the downward end of, of their streak of, of seasons. They're, they've been a bloody good team for – for a number of years, but I think, you know, they've lost AJ Brown. Derek Henry comes in with, with question marks. You know, he, he missed so much of last season, Ryan Tannehill question marks as well. And they kind of, the, they were the three pillars of that offense last season and over the last few seasons. So there's some question marks around the Titans and, and both of those lines, like you said, on offense and defense, uh, a couple of question marks. So I just think the Colts are a, a more balanced team. I think Matt Ryan is, is an upgrade at QB and, yeah, they've got a budding superstar at, at receiver in Michael Pittman, who uh, I think we'll touch on a, a little bit later on. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Colts big time in the uh, in the AFC South, AFC East, mate. We're both on on the Bills. Any any question marks there? The standout again, the Bills. They they made tough work of it last year with it with um the Pats pushing them all the way, and in fact leading for most of the year in that division where the Bills got off to a slow start. But they they eventually came good and, and did sneak away with the division win, which. Um, saved a couple of my futures multis last season, uh, but hopefully they'll be doing the same again this year, but with with a lot um, more room to spare. And it should be a comfortable victory for the Bills in the AFC East. The price suggested at around dollar thirty six, so uh, they're very short price favourites to win it. We think the Dolphins and Pats are obviously going to be pushing them all the way, but uh, the Bills should get it done in the AFC East, mate. They should get it done. They're the Super Bowl favourites for a reason, and I think we both have them. We both have them in the Super Bowl uh, come the end of the season. But uh, the AFC West, I think there's a, an up-and-coming franchise that, that we both like, mate. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs obviously have been the, the champions and the incumbents for the last six years of the West. But now we've seen the most stacked division potentially of all time with the Chargers, Raiders and the Broncos all loading up to take on the Chiefs. And we both agreed that the Chargers are the ones to beat this year. I know that might not be popular opinion, but we think they're the up-and-coming team. They obviously just missed playoffs last season, but that was under a rookie head coach. Brandon Staley's learned probably a lot from that, and Justin Herbert's obviously still on the rise. They've got a, a monster amount of weapons on the offensive side. They've got a superstar, uh, some superstars across that defense, including Joey Bosa. So, mm. look, they're, they're a force we reckon with, and, and they always match up well, well against the Chiefs. So... I think I've got them winning the division and, and for a slight upset at three twenty, I think we we might be um we might be cashing some tickets there. Hopefully anyway, that that's certainly gonna add 
some value to any uh, futures multis for anyone that's keen on the charges as well. Absolutely. And that's not to say that the, the Chiefs aren't going to be a good team. I think they're going to be a good team for, for a while. But, you know, they have retooled their their offense to, to some degree. Uh, we know that there have been some question marks around their defense for a number of years and, and the Chargers just look like that. They're ready to take that next step and, and really take on the Chiefs to to, to take on that division title. Uh, moving into the NFC and the North, uh, the Packers surely the team to beat in the NFC North, mate. Yeah, I think the Packers, again, look the standout. They've obviously lost uh, a few key key playmakers on that on that offense as well as that defense. Uh, and for them to lose Darius White to a division rival wasn't ideal. Uh, too many question marks, though, on the Vikings. They, again, look the obvious challenger to the Packers, but with a new head coach in Minnesota and a few other moving parts. And we know that Minnesota can be talented on their day, but they just don't have their day enough. And, and we know how clinical the Packers are and, with that one A running back situation there with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, they they still look to be the the class of the NFC North. So I think a dollar fifty, seven dollar sixty, you could probably get around if you shop around is is pretty good value still. I I do like the Vikings. I do think that they're they're ready for a step up, but without seeing kind of how they play, you, you mentioned that the question marks around their consistency and and whether they're able to put it together for long enough, often enough. That that's probably the key thing for for the Vikings, but. You're right. I mean, Zadarius Smith and coming over from the Packers uh, is a huge get for for their defense. Um, that's been their their biggest Achilles heel has been their defense. We know that they can put up points, but uh, defensively they they concede points really quickly uh, at times. And so that'll be that'll be a a big asset for for their defense coming over from the Packers. But yeah, it's hard to go against uh, Aaron Rodgers one more time in the NFC North and in the South. I think there's another short price favorite in the uh, the Buccaneers to to go again. Obviously, the class last year, they won the division by, I think, three or four games, and they lost to the Saints twice, which which shows you how much, I suppose, um, how weak that division was for one, and, and secondly, how how good they were against the the cream of the crop, I suppose. And and we know, you know, Tom Brady's another year older. There's been a few question marks with um, Bruce Arians leaving, of course, and Todd Bowles taking over the head coaching role. It does look still a loaded offense, though, as we know, and... and there has been a few injuries again, and, and that potentially could be the only thing that derails the Bucks season. But they look the, the clear and obvious standout. If you had to put a lock in any division, they are the ones, I think. Just about, just about. I mean, the, the Saints can do some stuff, but you can't see them overtaking the, the Bucks at this stage with, with a couple of question marks in New Orleans. The East, uh, one of the, the more even two-horse races in the, uh, in the, the entire NFL with the Eagles and Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys and Eagles, again, look like they'll be fighting out the NFC least. But I, I think uh, the Philly Philly boys have um, have got their measure this year. I mean, the gap was closing last year. We saw both teams make the playoff. The, the Cowboys still had a, a far better regular season with 12 wins, but they did ride that hot start early, and I think they fell away late in the in season, and we saw that capitulation in the playoffs. We know the Eagles are still on the rise. Nick Sirianni's... Been there now the 12 months now. Uh, obviously, his first year in charge last year. Jalen Hurts looks like he could progress. And I know we're both big on him to have a, a huge season. AJ Brown's a massive inclusion. And I know they're going to run the ball a lot more, which you want. So as well as, you know, they've kind of stacked that that offensive for receivers. But we know they've got a, a great running back set with with three, you know, very capable young receivers. So uh, running backs, I should say. And and we know how good that offensive line is and, and even on their defense is improving as well. So, yeah, I think the, the Eagles are, are the clear standouts or not clear standouts, I should say, but they've got the edge over the Cowboys for the NFC East. But again, it looks like a race and two in this division. And we'll touch on one of my futures bets later that, that could look like some value with 
Yeah, you you took me to task for calling it the the NFC least a couple of weeks ago in our in our NFC East preview. Um, so, but no, I think I think you're I, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on there. I think that last season, you know, the Cowboys were were the clear best team in in the division. But I think the Eagles have improved considerably across a number of areas, and I think if anything, the Cowboys have have probably regressed in, in some areas. So that's my biggest concern, and, and I'm with you. I'm I'm on the Eagles train, which worries me to some extent as as an Eagles fan. But uh, the NFC West, I think we're both back on the Rams, uh, the Rams train as well. I was I was high on the Rams at this stage last year. Uh, one of my uh, talking points all, all last season was how how much I rated the Rams and. Uh, kind of rode that all, all the way home through the Super Bowl victory. And uh, I'm back on them this year, um, potentially for another Super Bowl spot. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, you rode the Rams all the way to the bank last year. Congrats to you for doing that, mate. Uh, you called it early and, and it came to fruition after a really slow start where the Cardinals looked like they were racing away with the division. And the Rams did end up pinching it at the end with a late season flurry and a bit of a meltdown by the Cardinals. But it, they did look classy in the in the playoffs, didn't they? They kind of... Rose another level. I mean, they had that amazing comeback against the Bucks. They they had that epic game against the Niners as well. It was just an incredible playoff series by the Rams and and Matthew Stafford got his ring and it was incredible to see in his first season in, in LA Rams colors. And it's hard to see anyone really challenging him this year. I mean, for as we said, we've if anything, the Rams have improved, which is scary uh, off their Super mm-hmm. Bowl season last year. So I I do think that the Cardinals and 49ers are still two of the best other teams, I suppose, in in the NFC and. We know it's a lot less uh, competitive in the NFC than it is in the AFC this season. So we know the Cardinals and the Niners are going to be thereabouts, but uh, I think the Rams, again, look the clear clear favourites there and, and they'll be winning that division. Yeah, spot on. I agree wholeheartedly with uh, with all of that. Now we get to the, the wildcard teams. Uh, do you want to start with your AFC three? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Happy to do that. I think, obviously, with the Chargers winning the AFC West, or as we've predicted, that the Kansas City Chiefs will obviously sneak in. They're still going to be right there and, and one of the, the toughest teams to beat in the AFC. We've also got the Baltimore Ravens, who I think will sneak in, and uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, about to call them Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders, I think, can um, improve and sneak in as well, which means there'll be three AFC West teams in the playoffs. But I think just how good the, that division is, I think the Raiders can sneak in. Uh, like I said earlier in the AFC South preview, I think the winner of the Colts and Titans will get in, and I don't think there'll be a wild card team to come out of that division just because I think there'll be only nine or eight wins between them um, each. So that's why I've got the Raiders slightly ahead of the Colts for that final AFC spot in the uh, wildcard race there. Yeah, no, very nice. I've gone similar. I've gone the Chiefs. I still think, you know, like you said, even with the Chargers potentially winning that AFC West, the Chiefs are still a, a formidable outfit and, and they're a, a playoff team, no doubt. The Baltimore Raven, Ravens, I think, you know, looking for a, a bounce back year. They had all the, those injury issues that, that kind of, uh, brought them to a halt in, in the latter end of, of last season. I think that they bounced back. I think um, Lamar's ready for a, another another big season. Um, they've lost they've lost some weapons, uh, but I think that they're they're a strong enough franchise, and, and I think that they know how to play the game uh, enough that, that they're going to be thereabouts at the end of the season. And I I have gone with the Titans. I know uh, you spoke about the potential of having two uh, AFC South teams in the playoffs, and I just think that the Titans are are good enough to be a playoff team. Uh, don't have them winning the division, but I think that they're good enough to, to sneak that final spot. In the NFC, I've gone the Cowboys with the Eagles taking the NFC East. 
I've gone the Saints, who I think are good enough to be a playoff team, despite not winning their division and, and the Bucks kind of running away with that one. And the Vikings, I think that they're ready to take that next step. Um, under Kevin O'Connell, I think that that he and and Kirk Cousins have a, a rapport already, and you know, there's so much talent on that offense that they can they can put up a number of points. And I think that they're making steps finally to to address some of their defensive issues. And I think that that might be enough to get them across the line. What have you got in the NFC? Very similar, mate. Again, two out of three, the same on the wildcard spots for the NFC. I've also got the Dallas Cowboys uh, fighting in there for a wildcard berth. Again, as we mentioned, I don't think the fall away is going to be massive. I still think they're a rough win. So that should be enough to get them in as a wildcard team, if not uh, nine wins as well. We know that's still a weaker division, although I am a bit more bullish on the Giants this season. However, I still think the Cowboys in a pretty weak conference should still be able to sneak into the wild card spot. Same with the San Francisco 49ers, who I mentioned just before. Uh, they they were excellent last year. There's obviously been a bit of a change going with Trey Lance this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think that defense is still loaded. And a fully healthy Nick Bosa, if he can play a full season, I, I can see him doing some real damaging things. And that's why I've also... In a prelude, I've picked him for Defensive Player of the Year. So I think they're going to ride his mm. talent all the way to the playoffs for another shot at it, the 49ers. And my final team is the Saints as well, again, in a very weak division of the NFC South against the Falcons and the Panthers. Plenty of wins for the Saints. They were barely uh, barely missed out last season, just missed out to your, uh, to your Philadelphia Eagles in the end. So I think they'll improve on, um, on last season. And we know it's going to be a different look, Saints, with no Sean Payton. But uh, I think Jameis Winston's in for a big season and, and they've got a, a good young core on the offense and defenses. So, uh, yeah, I think the Saints can sneak in. So they're my wildcard teams, mate. Fantastic, mate. Now we get to some of the fun stuff. We get to some of the uh, award predictions for the end of the season. Now, with the MVP, I think we're both expecting the, the Chargers to take that next step and to uh, to defeat the, the Chiefs in that AFC West. And we're going to need a, a big season from their young start at QB, Justin Herbert. You this on the same train as me, Herbert for MVP. Yeah, and by the way, listeners, we did these completely separate again, but for whatever reason, we've we've agreed on quite a lot, as you'll find out later in these predictions. But <laughs> Justin Herbert has to be the man this year if the if the Chargers are to knock off the Chiefs and win the division first of all. But secondly, how far he can take him, I suppose. But um, obviously, we know the MVP only counts for the regular season, and we think. Justin Herbert can lead the Chargers to a big season. So $10 looks a, a decent play there on uh, on him, who, you know, has shown all the quality so far that uh, he's he's right there in the conversation. Now, a dark horse for the MVP. What have you got at uh, $20 plus? I've got my man, Lamar Jackson. So I'm riding him, former MVP winner, contract year, still hasn't been paid by the Ravens. He's got a lot to prove, a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He seems to be... The forgotten quarterback, I suppose, the last couple of years with the Ravens struggling a little bit, I suppose. And and obviously he's lost another key weapon in Marquise Brown, but we know how good he is with his legs. He's got his security blanket in Mark Andrews. I think it's just going to be a um, – if they can stay healthy, the Ravens, they'll keep Lamar upright and healthy, and, and I think he'll have another explosive season. So $21 does look appealing, but as does the 26 on offer for your man who you've picked as the dark horse. We know uh, he has to have a big season if your boys are to do anything. 100%. Jalen Hurts needs to have a, a top 10 QB season for the Eagles to, to do some real damage. And, and I think that he does that, um, you know, a, a little bit like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's, he's a bit like Lamar Jackson light. You know, he's, he's so good with his legs. He's strong. He's probably got a better arm 
than Lamar, to be honest. And, and now he's got some some real weapons on offense around him. So I'm expecting a, a breakout season from Jalen Hurts. Whether or not he gets to that MVP caliber type season, you know, there's, there's still some question marks around him. But I thought the 26 on offer uh, to start the season was uh, was nice. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully that comes in, you know, over the first half of the season because that means that he's having a, having a pretty good season. Uh, rookies of the year, offense and defense. Where have you gone, mate? I noticed you uh, wrote uh, wrote down the player that I had down as well initially in, in, in oh, well, I won't give it away yet, but I've gone with Chris Olav from the uh, New Orleans Saints, the Ohio State wide receiver who who shattered some touchdown records last season um, and he, he looks like a superstar in the making. Uh, hopefully he can kind of have a Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson kind of type uh, season and, and fit right into the NFL landscape. And we know uh, Jameis Winston was, uh, you know, he can sling it just as good as anyone. We know he makes a few mistakes, but... He's going to be putting it up there for him to to catch the footy. So let's let's hope he can do that, make um, a lot of big plays, and he can have a big season. So, uh, yeah, he's my pick at twelve dollars. And on defense, on defense, I've gone for the number one pick, who I thought was a uh, surprising over the odds at thirteen dollars. We've got the the second pick, who um, you've gone with uh, at a much shorter quote, but Trayvon Walker, who. You know, I, I saw the Hall of Fame game briefly, and he did some nice things there against the Raiders. Um, for his new team, the Jags, we know Doug Peterson uh, is, a, is a bit of a defensive-minded coach. Hopefully that'll help, um, you know, settle him into NFL land. And, and we saw how talented he was at the back end of the college season last year. So Trayvon Walker is my tip in a very open field. As we know, I think the top five or six players last year drafted were all defensive players. So we know it's an absolutely stacked rookie season for the defensive players. So uh, in a very tight race, I've gone Trayvon Walker on top, mate. How about you? I really like Trayvon Walker as well, especially next to uh, to Josh Allen uh, in that Jags defense. But I've gone uh, Brees Hall uh, for the offensive rookie of the year. I just think he's going to get a ton of touches and you know, they're going to give him every opportunity to shine. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they need some some athleticism, some power, some you know, dynamics on offense. And I think that, that Brees Hall is going to give them that. Uh, and on defense, Aiden Hutchinson, who you, you touched on, uh, in Detroit, that second pick of of the draft. Yeah, he's a Detroit boy. Uh, it's kind of that fairy tale story in Detroit, and they they clearly need playmakers on defense. You know, the, the horrific defensive unit last season, um, and I, I really think that a little bit like Brees Hall, they're going to give him every, every opportunity to shine, and um, hopefully that uh, you know he takes that that opportunity with with both hands. Um, as we talk about opportunities to shine, coach of the year. Um, now we've, we've taken a bit of a different tack on this one. I've gone a, a young coach. You've gone a little bit older, still, still young, but a little bit older. Young in NFL term, been out, hasn't been around that long, but I've gone with Sean McDermott, the same man I tipped for the award last year, but we know it's usually a, a guy that can, you can rejuvenate a team and, and get a team that's not expected to go all the way and, and do that. And I, I was struggling to find someone that's really going to jump out. The only other obvious one is, is your pick who I, actually was thinking about but after a few blunders last year I thought maybe let's cool off on that but if the Bills can have a really successful season win the division comfortably um, get all the way to the Super Bowl which we both think they will then yeah I've got Sean McDermott as my coach of the year and you know it's always a wide open race this one yeah I'm going back to the the chart as well with Brandon Staley uh, yeah if if they perform as as we hope they will and, and think they might and dethrone the Chiefs in in uh, the AFC West, and I think that Brandon Staley will be deserving of the, the coach of the year. And you, you touched on a few of his um, blunders 
last year. I think there were a couple of decisions towards the, the second half or through the second half of last season that, that kind of were, were head scratches. But um, yeah, I think he will have learned from that as, as we touched on in our AFC West preview a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think he'll have learned from that. Um, yeah, he, he's got so much talent at his disposal on both sides of the ball that, uh, you know, if, if, if he puts it together, then, you know, the charge is going to be very, very hard to beat week in, week out, and uh, and they can do some real damage. So I've gone Brandon Staley for Coach of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. I've gone back to the well. This is the third, maybe even the fourth year running. I've gone TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm, I'm not even sure that I need to explain why. So let's move on to uh, to your pick. Yeah, as I touched on uh, a little bit ago in the, in the NFC predictions, I, I do think Nick Bose can lead the San Francisco 49ers to a really strong season. And if he can stay healthy, we know he hasn't. He's that's been one of his biggest challenges is actually staying on the field and staying healthy. So if he can play, you know, uh, the majority of snaps and, and play every game, I think he's an absolute superstar in the making, if not already. So I, I think Nick Bosa on that San Francisco D line can can be the defensive player of the year, and they 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 tend to look around for something different as well. Um, they don't like to usually award it multiple times if they can help it. So that might just play into my thinking a bit as well there, but. Yeah, Nick Bosa at above ten dollars is is pretty nice for me. Very nice. So there's a few a few players in line for for this last award, which is comeback player of the year. There's there's a bunch of players that that are potential winners of this award if they can stay healthy and and fit. Um, your your pick, your pick. Who again, like you said, we've done this completely separately, and I looked at this one as as a very realistic choice or chance to win this award, but I kind of feel like he shouldn't even be in the running. I mean, he played enough games last year. He came back already last year. Um, so does this count as a comeback this season? Yeah, I've got two names down. So the original one I did put down and then I looked at it again. And I thought, I can't go past Derek Henry at $6. And if he's on this list, which is a ridiculously long list, as we, as you touched on, it's actually got some, some superstar players that missed a lot of football last year. I mean, as we know, Derek Henry didn't miss as much as a lot of them on that list. And we know he already played at the back half of last year, but for him to be on this list, I think he is outstanding value at $6, even though he is favorite. So he has to be my pick, but the one I was looking at for value uh, and we'll touch on it in our, in our dark horse picks or our, you know, long season shots uh, a bit later is, is Saquon Barkley. And he was, I think roughly around 18 bucks for comeback player of the year. And we know um, he's, all the signs are over preseason and the off season that he's he's healthy, he's looking fit, and we know how much the offense has to rely on on Saquon Barkley. So if he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well, as well as obviously getting back to that explosive self with those massive quads of his, uh, he looks like some really nice value as well. But yeah, Derrick Henry has to be the pick for me. Yeah, I really like the Saquon Barkley pick. I've I've gone with him in. Uh in my dark horse bets or bold predictions or whatever, a little bit later on, but I've gone Christian McCaffrey. I just think that, you know, he he's such a dynamic player. You know, he's the, only the third player in history to have a thousand rush yards, a thousand receiving yards in the same season. Uh, a couple of years ago, he's obviously missed a lot of football, uh, but he's going to be such an important part of, of that Panthers offense. And uh, yeah, it's hard, hard to go past him at those odds. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, like you said, I'm not sure Derrick Henry should be in the running for this award, but given he is, you're probably taking the front runner there and, and with the odds, probably makes a lot of sense. But um, moving quickly on to our playoff predictions, AFC Championship game, I've gone the Chargers and the Bills. Uh, NFC Championship game, I've gone the Rams and the Bucks. Real original picks there, uh, clearly. But what have you got for those two conference 
championship games. Mate, I'm gonna you're gonna make me sound like a parrot. I've got the Chargers and the Bills, and I've got the Rams and the Bucks. I've got exactly the same four in the conference games. And I think we might have done that last year as well, ridiculously enough. And and to be honest, we both picked Rams and Bucks in the NFC last year, but I, I just don't see who takes you know, takes that spot off them. They're, they're clear to class teams of the NFC. Yep. The the Packers have been up there, and, and I just don't think they're the same Packers team this season, of course. Things might change, but, yeah, at the moment, LA Rams and, and Tampa Bay Bucks look like the two standouts in the NFC. Uh, and um, in the AFC, again, I went to the Bills last year uh, against the Chiefs, and uh, we got that in a week earlier, in, or a couple of weeks earlier in the divisional round, but... Uh, in that epic game, but this year I've got the Chargers taking that that mantle over from the Chiefs. So Chargers and Bills in the AFC, Rams, Bucks in the NFC, the same as you, mate. And Super Bowl matchup results and MVP. What have you got? Yeah, and again, just a precursor here. We have got the same Super Bowl. We've got the Rams and the Bills both squaring off, which, funnily enough, is the season opening game as well. So uh, can't wait for that. But yeah, the Rams and Bills for me in the Super Bowl with. With my boy Josh Allen finally taking home that Super Bowl MVP, it does seem a bit oddly familiar with what I selected last season. And strangely enough, yours looks exactly the same as well. It is exactly the same. I've gone Rams and the Bills as well. And I've gone back to the well with Aaron Donald, who, let's be honest, should have been the Super Bowl MVP last season. Uh, yeah, you were stiff. Absolutely. Absolutely so stiff and was livid. I was filthy uh, last year uh, yeah, at the end of the Super Bowl when, uh, when he wasn't named MVP because I was... Uh, well hard on that market, but um, guess, it would have been well hard after that. Would, sure. would have been well hard after that too. <laughs> um, futures, futures, best bets. So we've gone some some win totals and and some other, I guess, season long props uh, in this one. Do you want to you want to kick us off with some of these these lines? Yeah, absolute lock. Atlanta Falcons under four and a half. They cannot win more than five. They can't win five games. There's absolutely no way. Look at that roster. Uh, unless Kyle Pitts. He's the greatest tight end in the history of the game. It does something miraculous. He still has to get the ball thrown to him. So I'm really against the Falcons uh, getting anywhere near that four and a half. Uh, the Commanders are an interesting one because most of the books I've seen here in Australia, they've got the Commanders at eight and a half for the underline, but that is sitting at a dollar fifty three. So it's, so we don't actually have a a, a minus, you know, a fifty fifty line there or a dollar ninety line. So. I'm happy to take – if you can get them under 7.5, I would be very willing to take that. I'd even potentially take them even down to 6.5 if you can find that to get over the $2. Uh, I don't think – I don't see them winning more than six games. I think they'll be at the bottom of the NFC East. I think the Giants – I know you're against them, but I think the Giants will be better than the, the Commanders this season. And and for a positive one, I've got the Bengals to win uh, double-digit games. So their line is 9.5. So I think they can repeat and get another 10 wins at least. This season, they're only going to get better. And we know the NFC North has actually got probably weaker with the Steelers and the Browns looking quite, um, you know, not quite as good as they were. So uh, the Bengals, for me, look like a nice play over nine and a half. Another one I found it just over even money, and you can do this on sports, but you can pick the top two mm-hmm. for each division to come out of it. And it's in any, in any order. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, top two in any order. And this was the one that stood out for me was Dallas-Philadelphia at 210. I'm... We mentioned in our season previews, there's a lot of divisions that look like they could just go down to uh, a two-horse race, but this was a clear value one. With the only one over two dollars, I think I saw that um, that had those clear options that that Nick and I spoke about last week. So I think Dallas Philly at two ten, it looks an excellent play to be the top two in the NFC East. Any order, 
And then a couple of uh, props for seasons. Uh, Derek Henry over 1275 and a half rushing yards. He'll get that with his eyes closed if he stays healthy and plays all 17 games. And Tyreek Hill, who's never had under a thousand a thousand yards in his uh, career, you know that he's played the the full season. So he he got I think high nine hundreds when he played twelve games one year. But other than that, he is um, an absolute machine, and, and no doubt he'll have that connection straight away with Tour. And we know how good Jalen Waddle is, but Tyreek Hill's explosiveness will get him over a thousand yards. So it seems like a very low line at a thousand on the dot, a thousand point five receiving yards. So that'll be over as well. Like it a lot. Like it a lot. I agree with with pretty much all of those. But um, yeah, I've I've gone the Bears under six and a half. I, I think that they're potentially the worst team in the league, uh, along with Atlanta. And I I can't see them winning six games or or even getting close to that. Uh, same with the Giants. I'm not sure the Giants are going to improve enough to to win seven. So I've gone under seven for the Giants and the Seahawks. Again, kind of one of those franchises that that should be fighting out for for that number one pick at the end of the season. Um, under six, I can't see them winning six games for the season. In terms of a couple of player props for the season, Mark Andrews, 950 and a half receiving yards, I thought was low. He's gone over that two years straight um, and is now the clear, clear number one uh, receiving target in Baltimore. Obviously, they've lost Hollywood Brown. Uh, and so Mark Andrews becomes that, that you know, legitimate number one option for Lamar and and I think that he'll quite easily go over that 950. Uh, Derek Henry, like you said, that 1275 mark, I think is a is a definite look as long as he can stay fit and healthy. It's that's you know his his foot, his leg is the only thing that can stop him. Uh, and Devonta Adams over 1200 and a half receiving yards. Uh, yeah, again, Derek Carr, he's, he's that number one option in Las Vegas. He's there. You know they've got that uh, relationship from college. Uh, they're good friends. I think that the car prioritizes throwing the ball to, to Adams. And, and there's obviously a few other guys in that offense that, that are going to get touches, but we know how good and explosive Devonta Adams is and has been for a, a long period of time. And I think that he does that fairly easily. Um, and I think that that kind of parlays into my first bold prediction or, or dark horse bet for the season, which is Devonta Adams most receiving yards for the season at $13 which I thought was uh, was very decent value. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I really like that. And I know you went to the well last year with Devontae um, and it's some ridiculous line bets, which almost came off as well. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a huge season again. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be the same level of quarterback throwing him the ball, but Derek Carr and him have a special chemistry through college and we know how special Devontae is. So I'm sure Derek Carr and him have been working together quite a lot during the off season. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I really like all of those uh, long range bets. Uh, the one I did love the most though in your, in your futures is Seattle. I don't think they'll be getting anywhere near six mm. wins either. I think they'll be down near their four wins as well. Yeah. Um, like Atlanta. So yeah, that's a nice, I, I nice thought, one. I thought all of those three that the bears, giants, and Seahawks should all be around that four, four and a half, five max, maybe for the giants. But yeah, I thought that they should all be kind of around that sort of mark, but we need to, we need to have a side bet on this giant. I think the giants are going to be okay. Yeah, we, we can do that. We can go head to head on the giants. Um, but we are, I mean, so we're, we're already head to head and, and you'll touch on yours, but we're head to head on the, the most receiving yards uh, for the season. You're, you're on another player for that market. Uh, in terms of some of the other dark horses, we've already mentioned Saquon Barkley comeback player of the year. I, I like him and he's one of my listed dark horses at, at $18. I've gone Joe Burrow, most passing yards at $8.75 for the season. I think there's another head-to-head bet 
with you on on this one, mate. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And then just one that I thought I would chuck in for shits and giggles, which is the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC. The Eagles NFC champions at eleven dollars. I think that it's such a wide open, uh, wide open conference. We know we know the Rams, we know the Bucks, etc. But I think that there's room for a couple of Smokies, and um, you know the Eagles are, are in that in that conversation. I think as, as a Smoky for the conference, should things pan out well for them, that uh, they could be in that conversation. But that's my four bold predictions and, and dark horses. What have you got? Yeah, like him a lot, as I mentioned. I've got one that's not so much a dark horse, but uh, I couldn't fit him in my best bet just because of the the price, I assume. And, and there's obviously so much talent in this field, but Justin Herbert, most passing yards, if he's going to win MVP, you'd think he would lead this category as well. So you can get six bucks for that, which is a pretty nice offer indeed. Saquon Barkley, as we touched on before, say, uh, comeback player of the year at 18 bucks seems enormous value to me. Another value play, which not as bullish as probably you are with Devontae, but I think Travis Kelsey... At 16 bucks for most receiving guards. I would have liked to touch more. I thought I could have got, you know, close to that 20 mark for, for pricing there. But Travis Kelsey, I still think represents great value at $16 for most receiving yards. He's going to be uh, Patrick Mahomes' number one target. And we know how good he was at the back half of last year as well with some of those uh, amazing runs after the catch as well. So Travis Kelsey seems like a good bet for me. And a huge one at a big price, I think, is Kenneth Walker, the third, that is. From uh, the Seattle Seahawks, we saw how good he was at Michigan State last year as their running back. If he's healthy and can take over Rashad Penny in you know week one or two, uh, early days of the season, I think he's a massive shot for, for rookie of the year and he explodes. So, yeah, I've got him at, down as a bit of a dark horse at $31 for offensive rookie of the year. Love that. Love that. Some long odds there to finish up the uh, season predictions. And, and we might have to check back in on those every couple of weeks, maybe every three or four weeks to see how some of those lines are, are moving and and kind of where we were at in terms of some of those early season predictions. But uh, I guess it's time that we hit week one. Uh, you know, we're a couple of days away as we record this show. We're a couple of days away from the season opener. Um, it is tough tipping the first couple of weeks, as we know. Um, doesn't matter who's been hosting this show over the last, I guess, seven, eight years or so. But, the, the you know, weeks one and two are, are always tough weeks to tip and bet. So we'll try and whip through these as, as quickly as possible. Uh, haven't gone many, many lines or, or over unders, but we, we've got a couple of tasty props, I think for, uh, for week one, but we start with Thursday night football and the season opener Buffalo at Los Angeles, the Rams plus two and a half. The over under is 52 and a half. The unders for some reason are suspended at the moment. Um, but uh, I don't have anything on that market anyway in this one, but I mean, what a game to open the season. I mean, some some would call this a must-watch. And I think yeah, if you're a football fan, you'll be tuning in on uh, on Friday morning, Australian Eastern time, Thursday night, obviously, in the States. But uh, not so much for the betting implications. And, and there obviously are some with two high-powered teams and, and the two teams that we've predicted as the Super Bowl matchup. I'm not sure how many times the uh, ultimate Super Bowl matchup has been seen in week one. Uh, listeners, if, if you know that answer, how many times... The, uh, the Super Bowl contenders have met in week one. Um, that would be cool to know. So let us let us know if, if you have that information. But both of these were top 10 offenses and defenses last season, according to uh, Football Outsiders DVOA. Both seems to have only gotten stronger. Von Miller obviously lands in Buffalo, fresh off a ring with the Rams last year, while LA have replaced Robert Woods' torn ACL with Allen Robinson. And that's a uh, 
fairly handy pickup for the Rams. Uh, we know that they've lost uh, Odell Beckham Jr. as well. Uh, so there's, uh, I think we're predicting a, a high-scoring season opener, but what are your thoughts on this one, mate? Yeah, I was surprised that the uh, the Bills are starting favourites. I know they, they've been installed as the Super Bowl favourites, but reigning Super Bowl champions, which we know has been a bit of a tradition to open the season the last few years in the NFL. And to get them back at home, uh, I don't know if they're doing a ring presentation or anything beforehand, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be, be doing something like that. So we up and about. The crowd will be electric. Season opener. What better way to start the season, like we said, like you said, Nick, with the with the potential Super Bowl preview that we both expect. So it's going to be an absolutely epic contest on Friday morning our time. But I, I think the Rams get it done. I, I think at home they do look the stronger team. Yeah, like I said, surprised that they are the outsiders. So I'd be take, happily taking them with the start of two and a half at this stage. And we know the Bills um, have been electric as well. So we expect a high-scoring contest, as you said. But, yeah, interesting to see that, the, as you mentioned, the unders and um, suspended. So maybe they're expecting more of a hour contest, not sure, but as, as teams kind of find their offense and, and after a, a long preseason. But, yeah, the Bills have lost their last nine games against reigning Super Bowl champions, so that doesn't bode well. That's a bit of a nugget, stat nugget there for you, Nick. But, mm, uh, and, and we know, or well, we don't know, but I'll tell you, the Rams have covered the line in each of their last seven home games, uh, home openers, I should say, to start the season. So they usually start the season well, and uh, I think they'll do that this week against the Bills. So if I had to have a play there, it'd be, it'd be the Rams at the plus for sure. So I'll be tipping the Rams, and, um, yeah, can't wait for that one. There's going to be, you know, great matchups all over the field. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think if there is some value, it's probably the Rams at the line here and, and probably to win straight up as well. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just tough. You know, the Rams at home, we know that they're good at home. Uh, the Bills started last season slowly uh, and whether or not they can they can hit the ground running this season, um, you know, th- there's that question mark, I, I guess. But yeah, I'm not on anything in this one. I, I wonder if potentially the, the the week one markets have been swayed by the fact that the bills are super bowl favorites outright super bowl favorites and maybe that's why there's some some value with the rams but yeah instead of instead of any of those game game markets i've gone with a couple of player props in this one uh devin singletary over 11 and a half rushing attempts he went over this line in five of his last six games to end last season when it mattered the one time he didn't uh he went 10 attempts against the chiefs in that overtime loss in the divisional round. I know that the Bills like James Cook and they draft him for a reason, but I think that he's going to be used more in the passing game and Singletary will be used more as that, that main runner to start the season. And the other one that I liked was Cam Akers over 43 and a half rushing yards. I thought was a tad low. He's going to be the, the main man on the ground in, in LA. He went over this line in three of his four playoff games last year on his way to that ring uh, off the Achilles. And I think that he'll do it again this week uh, being that number one runner for the Rams. I thought there was some value there with both Singletary and Akers on the ground. Uh, we move into Sunday football, Monday, 3 a.m. Australian Eastern, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, the Bengals minus six and a half. The total is at 44 and a half. And what have you got for yeah, us? Yeah, the reigning AFC champions. Uh, you certainly wouldn't have thought it would be the Cincinnati Bengals when you came into this season. Uh, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will be without Roethlisberger as their starting quarterback for the first time since 2010. So uh, certainly a new look for the Steelers, who will go in heavy underdogs against the Bengals. But we know how good they were last year in a in a surprise season, and that run that they had was yeah quite incredible with the offense. Uh, Joe Burrow leading the way, of course, but 
rookie sensation Jamar Chase. They've obviously invested a lot in the to strengthen that um, protection of Joe Burrow with the offensive line signings that they've done in the offseason. And we just know how much of a work in progress Pittsburgh are going to be, firstly, on offense with Mitch Trubisky. With, they haven't have they named him a starter yet, but he looks like to be the starter at this stage. Um, and uh, he'll be finally, you know, back thrust into the, the limelights of the NFL after sitting a season or two out of the spotlight, I suppose, as a backup. Uh, in Buffalo, but uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. And, and how much that defense can improve. I, I mean, obviously they've got the reigning defensive player of the year in TJ Watt, and they're still got star-studded power on that defensive line, but they were just terrible against the run, as I know you're going to touch on in a bit more depth last year. So uh, Joe Mixon should have his way with him and have a big game, and, and we know how much the Bengals can air it out as well. So, yeah, look, I, I think they're going to win and win well, the Bengals, and, and you know show the world it wasn't a fluke last season. And and start off with a bang with a win. Yeah, I agree with all of that, and and I think oh, I might be wrong. I think they've, I think they've confirmed Mitch Trubisky at least as a starter for week one. Maybe not for the rest of the season, but I think, I think that they've gone with Trubisky for week one. But uh, I'm sure the listeners will let us know if we're if we're wrong because half the time we don't know what we're talking about. But you're right, the, the Steelers were terrible defensively last season against the run game. They were 27th in DVOA defense on the ground. They allowed the most rushing yards in the NFL. And, and like you said, I think Joe Mixon for the Bengals is going to have, have a day out. He went 90 yards and then 165 yards with two touchdowns against the Steelers last year. Uh, we know, like you said, that Cincinnati are going to want to throw the ball. They've got so much talent in that receiving core uh, and, and Joey Burrow uh, at QB and all that talent. But this is a prime matchup for, for Joe Mixon to get his year off to a, a really strong start. Other than that, there's not a whole lot that I, I like in this one. I'm, Interested to see Trubisky with the Steelers. I mean, I, I think that despite all his, you know, limitations, he's still probably a step up from Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Mason Rudolph over the last couple of seasons. But you know, how much of a step up we won't know until we see. Uh, but yeah, the, the other thing that you mentioned was that retooled Bengals offensive line, and if they can protect Joey Burrow a bit better than, than they did last year, then. Yeah, this is going to be a really hard Bengals team to, to beat. And I think that the, the Bengals get this one done fairly easily, like you said. And, and I'm big time on, on mixing in, in all these player props. I like him. His, uh, his rush yard line at 67 and a half, I'll be on big time. Uh, anytime touchdown, $1.90. Uh, and first touchdown at 650, I think that, you know, they're going to move the ball fairly well. Uh, and they'll have, you know, a, a number of red zone options potentially on that first drive. Uh, should they get the ball, and and even if they don't get the ball on the first drive, when, as soon as they get it, um, that the you know they're going to give give Mixon every opportunity in in that red zone to to punch it through. You've, you've uh, sold it to me, mate. I'll be jumping on the Mixon trifecta. I think. Love it. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can cash cash some money early in the season with some of these props, as as opposed to the uh, the game lines. But moving on to the next game, Philadelphia at Detroit. The Lions plus nine and a half. The total is forty eight and a half, and this is a a huge test for my Eagles, not because the Lions are going to be much chopped this season, but because there is so much weight of expectation on the Eagles in Philadelphia. Uh, the pressure on the Eagles, you know, this is a football town. Uh, there's big expectations that they've had a big off season. The draft went well. They brought in AJ Brown. Uh, and, you know, there's expectations of, of growth from last year and, and, you know, saw some, saw some development in, in the franchise last season. So, Taking that into the next step is uh, is going to be the 
you know, the process in, in Philly and dominating the Lions will go a long way to taking some of that pressure off. Ryan, how are you feeling about my Eagles in this one? Yeah, look, they, they need to start with a bang and, and with a win and, and that's all they can go and do on the road. That's what they expected to do. Uh, a lot of pressure, like you said, will be on Jalen Hurts and the team after the weight of expectation of that city. But at least it isn't a home opener. It might be a good thing that they get on the road early get away from the noise of Philadelphia and, and get a get a win against a weaker opposition, I should say. You know, in all due respect to the Lions, we know they're not going to be world beaters again this season and, and it's a rebuild still for the Lions. And, and it's been a long rebuild. It's been a franchise of rebuilding for the Detroit Lions. But <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles aren't, um, you know, that much. Well, they are more, more advanced this season, of course. And, and last season we saw them really improve to be that playoff team. So, yeah, there's no reason why they won't be again this season, as we've touched on in our season previews, but uh, I expect him to get the job done pretty convincingly uh, in Detroit. So, yeah, hopefully that's uh, a first up win for the Eagles and we can celebrate with a Go Birds next week. Yeah, that's that's the goal. And, and what do I want to see? I want to see Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to uh, the two-headed beast, AJ Brown, Devonna Smith, uh, obviously a, a fairly high-powered air game, and, and Miles Sanders running the ball and getting the opportunity to run the ball. It's been my biggest bugbear with the Eagles over the last couple of years that they just haven't given him the opportunity to be that bell cow runner. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's a fitness thing, but all the data, all the analytics say that when you give Miles Sanders the ball, he does something with it. Uh, so I want to see that. And I just want to see a win. Yeah, I want to see those those flowers sprouting. We heard Nick Sirianni at the press conferences last year talking about the, the green shoots and the flowers and planting the seeds and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's been a big off season. The plan of the seeds. Now we need to see, see those shoots and, and see those flowers grow. But uh yeah, heady times in Philadelphia if everything goes to plan. Uh, Indianapolis at Houston, big division rivalry. The Texans plus seven and a half. The total is 45 and a half. And I've got a couple of little stat nuggets for you. I know you like to throw some at me every now and then, but the Colts have won their last four against the Texans. There's no surprises there. But what might come as a surprise is, is that in seven of the last eight matchups between these two teams, the total has gone under. How does that make you feel? Do you have, feel a certain way about that one? Yeah, look, it, it tend to, the, the Texans usually match up well against the Colts and they kind of, you know, put these in these weird games. You know, I know they've obviously the Texans only a few years ago where we're humming. So it's easy to see why, but the last couple of seasons, even when the, the Texans have been struggling, they've, they've somehow troubled the, the Colts. So and we know how the Colts finished the season with that deplorable loss. The Jags last year to miss the playoffs. So yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't count the Texans out from doing something a bit bit silly uh, in this game and, and and potentially upsetting a few multis if you you playing that line of the Colts. Just be wary of that. I know it's it's over a touchdown, so it's always a bit wary in that. Um, you think it'd be probably close to double digits in terms of the the, the breadth of the two teams, but yeah, the Colts are starting a season for the sixth straight year with a different quarterback and. And for the six, well, it might be the second best quarterback in that six season. So obviously, Andrew Luck um, uh, could argue that Matt Ryan at his prime was better than Andrew Luck, but we certainly haven't got prime Matt Ryan at the moment. So he's certainly an upgrade, though, on Carson Wentz, as we've both agreed on uh, in our season previews. So it'd be interesting to see how he fits in. But the Colts, notoriously slow starters to a season. They've actually lost their last seven or eight. I think it is going back to about 2014, 2015 uh, in terms of their season openers, and they've lost, they they've, um, haven't covered the line in any of those seven games either. So, really slow starters. So, just be wary if you are 
having a go at the Colts and you think they're a good value for your multis, just be careful with um, with Indy this year uh, this week. But uh, they should get the job done, no doubt, uh, despite it being on the road here against the Texans. But, yeah, it could be the breakout year for our boy Michael Pittman, who I know you're going to touch on for your prop. Yeah, I, I like Michael Pittman. Just a little bit of value here. Anytime touchdown at $2.45. Obviously, the one that everyone's going to go to is is uh, Taylor, of course. It, he's at $1.45 for, for any time. So I'm not sure there's much value there. Um, you could go the first touchdown at four fifty for JT, but so much depends on that first drive. And like you said, the, the Colts are notoriously st- slow starters. And we know that the Texans come to play when, when – uh, when they uh, play the Colts. So it's, there's some tough ones there. And Pittman is the undisputed number one receiver now in Indy. He's got the talent to step up to be one of the very best in the league. Uh, we've watched Matt Ryan for 14 years, and I think we can pretty safely say that he's going to air the, the ball out a little bit. You're right. It's not prime Matt Ryan from, you know, a decade ago, but um, he's going to throw the ball. He He's like you said, probably the second best uh, QB that the Colts have had in, in that stretch. I mean, Philip Rivers has, has had his moments as well, but uh, was clearly not prime Philip Rivers either uh, by the time he got to, to Indy. Um, but Michael Pittman's going to be his guy without a doubt uh, through the air for uh, for Matty Ryan. And, and I think that any time touchdown this one, this week against this Texans defense at $2.45, there's a bit of value there. Uh, any final thoughts on that one? No, I, I thought that was a really good play. I think Matty Ryan will want to get the ball out of his hands and, and get comfortable with his receivers early. And we know, obviously, the, the defence and and the uh, is going to be tailored around of Jonathan Taylor, and and the, the certainly uh, reacted in that way. So we know Michael Pittman had a massive year, and he's the clear number one receiver. He's probably the clear number two and three receiver in that lineup as well. So uh, he'll get plenty of looks at it. So if the Colts <laughs> can put up a few points, I think he'll score. And uh, the 245 or so is pretty good value and pretty enticing. Yeah, like it. And we move on to a, another division rivalry, and... A former Falcons QB uh, that we just touched on in in Matt Ryan to the Falcons themselves. Uh, this one this one might be one of the biggest talent discrepancy matchups of the season, uh, especially in this division. But in these games, you never know what to expect. As we just touched on with the the Colts and the Texans, uh, both teams come to these games to play hard. But Ryan, the Saints and the Falcons, the Falcons uh, plus five and a half, and the the total line is forty two and a half. How do you see this one playing out? I see it being a big win for the Saints. Well, I certainly hope so. If the Falcons come out and win a game in the first week, I'll be very nervous about my large bets on uh, the Falcons under four games for the season. So <laughs> let's hope the Saints can get it done. But, yeah, there's, there's like you said, there's a huge discrepancy in the talent pool here. But the Saints are going to be a different team without Sean Payton and Dennis Allen. They, they might be a bit more defensive mind, and we know how how good they are at running their offensive schemes under Sean Payton. So it's going to be a while well to get used to, but they've still got famous Jameis throwing the – around who is very material as we know and he can do anything he could be throwing six picks but also throw six touchdowns in one game so let's hope it doesn't come to that but it's going to be an interesting look for the Saints with some some new uh, wide receiver stocks I mean Elvis Landry for one Chris Olav as we touched on in the rookie Uh, Michael Thomas is back he should be fit for week one and and we know Alvin Kamara is going to be leading that backfield again so it's a pretty talented uh, offense, and then you got to you know throw in Troutman and Jason Hill and a few other pieces they've got there. It's a pretty exciting offense, and and we know how good they've been against NFC South opponents. They've actually dominated their NFC South opponents and the division. And like I said, they beat the Bucks twice last year despite losing the division. 
but they've won 14 of their last 17 games against NFC South opponents. It should be an easy win for the Saints, so not too much to write home about the Falcons yet, but certainly a rebuilding year for them. Yeah, spot on. And they were already one of the, the worst defences uh, over the course of last season as well. I just don't see them being able to come up with enough stops to, to challenge those guys that you mentioned uh, already, especially on that, that Saints offence. Um, I do like Kyle Pitts this season to put up some big numbers. He's clearly the number one guy on the Falcons offense, but you can't, you can't touch his line anywhere near 60 yards against the Saints defense. And we touched on it in our, uh, in our division preview a couple of weeks ago that this could be the best defense in, in the conference, if not the entire NFL uh, on their day. So I, I like the Saints here as well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's as big a win as the talent discrepancy says it should be just because in the, you know, division rivalries, season openers, etc. Weird things can happen. But I like the Saints one to thirteen at two dollars forty five. And you've you've mentioned Chris Olav a couple of times. Uh his receiving yards line at over 40 and a half seems a tad low. Even even with Michael Thomas expected to play, um, I'll probably have a little a little go on that. But yeah, keeping an eye on on MT. If he doesn't play, then it's time to jump on that one. Uh any final thoughts on the Saints? No more final thoughts. I think, yeah, they get the job done and, and do it pretty easily. Baltimore at the Jets, New York, plus six and a half. The total is 52 and a half. What have you got for us in this one? Yeah, Baltimore uh, start the rebuild with a, with a healthy roster. I mean, we know how, how much they were ravaged by injuries last season. As I mentioned in the, in the season previews, Lamar Jackson will be playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder this season and, and hopefully, um, you know, get back to the lofty heights that saw him win a, a, a league MVP, but uh, the Jets, not too much to write home about. There's still question marks if Zach Wilson will play this week. Uh, it looks like he probably will, but uh, it has been a good offseason otherwise for for the um, for the Jets, I should say. Just lost my train of thought there. But Joe, Joe Flacco, who could be playing against his former team and a, a team he led to a Super Bowl victory, could be in line to start if Zach Wilson isn't able to get up. But the rookies that they did get in the draft, the Jets, they brought in some serious talent. We know Garrett Wilson's going to be a star when he gets on the field. Brees Hall as well, who looks like he's going to be a breakout star this season and take that number one running back mantle. Uh, the fourth overall pick as well, Sauce Gardner on defense. Uh, could be a game-changing um, player for for Robert Sala's defense there. So let's certainly hope that um, they can kind of stop the bleeding because the Ravens have actually averaged over 41 points in their season openers with uh, Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback. So, it could be a bloodbath at MetLife Stadium if the if the Jets aren't careful and the Ravens can get on a bit of a roll. But we know that um, we know that they've bolstered their offensive line as well. The the Ravens, so they they have they got the pieces there. And and like I said, and we both agree that they're, they're definitely playoff contenders. So let's hope, um, yeah, let's hope they can get off to a fast start against the Jets and win. Yeah, I I agree with with all of that. This this could be a bloodbath. I mean, the the Jets conceded the most points in the league last season. Uh, I'm not sure much of that is going to change this season. Uh, it's the longest active playoff streak in the NFL as well. The Jets at the moment. So there's some some real big question marks around that that defense. We know that Baltimore have lost Hollywood Brown, but yeah, they've still got enough talent there. Uh, they've got a couple of you know better than average. Uh, league receivers. They've got Mark Andrews, obviously, who's Lamar's safety blanket and, and he's going to be the go-to guy. Uh, and the Jets, funnily enough, were second last in defending the tight end position. So you expect that he's going to have a big game, that he's going to be well-targeted. Uh, so I didn't mind a couple of the props around Mark Andrews. Anytime touchdown at 
18 and first touchdown at $8. Anywhere near the red zone uh, in those first couple of drives that uh, you expect that Mark Andrews is going to get first shot at that with a uh, yeah, first and second down. So um, yeah, like Mark Andrews in, in a couple of season long props, but also in, in this one specifically as well. Um, but other than that, you know, I think the Ravens win this one fairly easily and I'm not sure it's a, a must-watch game for, for anybody uh, outside of Ravens and Jets fans. And even then, Jets fans probably don't want to watch this one. Um, New England at Miami, another division rivalry. Miami minus three and a half. The total is 46 and a half. And it's a really interesting division matchup, this one, that Dolphins need to start off the season strong. We know how their season started last year was a disaster. They finished strong, obviously, to just miss out on uh, on a playoff spot. And the Pats, it's really interesting times in New England. They've just got to keep proving the doubters wrong. This could be the worst roster that Bill Belichick's had in his time in, in New England. Um, but just too many question marks uh, around both of these franchises. There are so many other good games on the slate. I'm, I'm probably not going to watch this one at all. And to be honest, not that interested uh, anything for you in this one? Well, an interesting stat nugget for you, mate, for this one. It'd be the first time since 2013 that the Dolphins will actually start favourites against the Pats. So it's been a, a decade of dominance for the Pats. I mean, the Dolphins have actually um, won quite a lot of those games. I don't have the stats exactly on hand how many games they've actually won, but they've always been they've always um, pushed the the Pats. You know, even when Top Brady was around. So um, they'll fancy their chances. They beat them last year in the opening game of the season as well. Uh, and uh, sorry, they lost to the Pats in the opening game of the season last year, like on a the last minute play. Uh, and then they flew home and won eight of their last nine games or something ridiculous. And and they'll be looking to carry that momentum in uh, season opener at home with some some new weapons. And Tyreek Hill is going to be fun uh, for that for that Dolphins crowd who have been starved of success for so long now. So uh, they're one of the best franchises, you know, in the in the in the NFL. When you know up and going, they're, they've got great. Vibrant stadium. The weather's always good down in Miami. They've got great uniforms. They're, they're always a cool team to kind of, you know, watch and, and be a part of. So, no, I'm keen to them to have a big season. Um, I think they'll get the job done against the Pats in this one. But, you know, always these matchups can go down to the wire and, and um, it's going to be close regardless. And you'd think there'd be less than a touchdown or a field goal in it uh, either way. So, yeah, I'd not say it's it's not much watch, but it, it's certainly one to keep an eye on in the morning, early hours of the morning. Um, if you if you're up and we're watching the NFL, which reminds me, the three AM wake up calls aren't going to be fun. While I'll be setting the alarm for two fifty nine, absolutely on on Monday morning. That's for sure. Yeah, got to set the reminder to set the reminder to set the alarm <laughs> for uh, for this week. But uh, no, you're right. I mean, I, I said that I'm not not that interested. But but you're right. There are some there are some things to keep an eye on. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see how Matt Jones goes in his second year uh, in that Patriots offense. And obviously, the the big move in in the off season of Tyreek Hill to Miami uh, and watching that that relationship develop with with him and and Tua at QB is going to be interesting. I'm not sure. This is the week we're going to learn too much about that. New England were ranked uh, second in the league at defending WR1s last season, although we do know that they've lost a couple of guys on defense. So, yeah, there, there are a couple of things to keep an eye on, but probably one eye and, and not two uh, with a, a few of the other games on the slate. Uh, Cleveland at Carolina. The Panthers minus one and a half. The total is 41 and a half. And... We've been talking about this for a very long time. The return of the Mac, Christian McCaffrey. 
hopefully returns for a full season. Uh, as we touched on a bit earlier in, in the show, one of the most dynamic players in the league when he's fit and super keen to see him back. Uh, obviously, in Cleveland, no Deshaun Watson uh, and his predecessor at the Browns, Baker Mayfield, is starting for the Panthers this week. So it's an intriguing matchup and, and no plays for me in this one. But anything for you here? No, no plays at all. It could, it's a flip of the coin for me. And, and it's just the scriptwriters have got it perfectly right, haven't they, with Baker facing his old team straight up off the bat there. And, and like you said, the return of Chris McCaffrey, that'll be probably where the eyeballs in Carolina will go to uh, instead of who's starting at quarterback for them. But uh, we know that the Cleveland Browns are going to be looking very different with Jacoby Brissett under center compared to the man they threw the most ridiculous amount of money for at. And uh, he won't be there for at least till week 12 or 13 or something along those lines. So uh, they just got to get through, don't they, the Browns, and try and get... You know, if they can stay around that 500 mark when, when Watson gets back, they could make a late run at, at a playoff spot. And, you know, behind that defense, we know that, you know, they're not going to give up too many points, whereas uh, the Panthers probably look to be weak on that side of the ball this season. So, yeah, interesting matchup. See how Baker fits in. He did look good in the preseason, but he tends to do that, Baker Mayfield. So uh, not certainly writing home about that. And, yeah, Bruce, it'll just be, you know, feeding Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, as they did all season last year. And they've got obviously Amari Cooper now, as well as a, as a clear wide-out um, number one target, uh, still in his prime, unlike uh, a few of the guys that they had previously. So let's hope um, for the yeah for the Browns that they can they can create a challenge. But I, I still think they're a sneaky upset chance here. But, I mean, like I said, it's a bit of a flip of the coin, so I wouldn't call it an upset, I suppose, if they did win. So um if I had to lean one way, it'd probably be the Browns, but yeah, it'd be a pretty dour game, you think, with a, some low scoring in it. Yep, yep, spot on. San Francisco at Chicago, the Bears plus six and a half. The total is 41 and a half. And it's an interesting matchup, this one, Ryan. A really shaky offense uh, with Trey Lance kind of being named full time starter. I guess one of the worst defenses in the league. I think the Niners' defense gets them over the line here, but I can't say it's, uh, again, a game I feel any particular urge to watch. I might have a little play at the unders. I know you're you're probably a little bit more bullish on the Niners over the course of the season than I am, but what are you thinking here? I think it should be a pretty comfortable victory for San Francisco. It should validate, hopefully, what we're thinking about both teams. You think the Bears will be terrible, and I think the Niners will be good, so let's hope the result plays out that way, but not too much to say. Obviously, I'll be keen to watch Trey Lance and, and how he goes. I think he's going to be, you know, he has all the makings to be a good player. He's obviously a bit of a Jalen Hurts 2.0 in, in a way. So, yeah, let's hope he gets his chance and, and he can play well. Um, he looked good in a few things, you know, interesting matchups last year, especially against the Card- that Cardinals game. So, um, against a pretty weak defense first up, let's hope he can do something. But, you know... Soldier Field to start the season. It's never an easy place to go play. It's very windy, of course, in the Windy City. So, yeah, interesting to see how they go. But both teams are pretty stacked at running back. So you'd think that uh, the quarterbacks and, and, you know, how mobile they are, they'll be looking to run the ball as, as well as feeding their their backfield. So, yeah, we might not see a huge amount of passing yards in this one, but it'll be a an interesting contest and one that the Niners should be winning. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's that's kind of why I'm going the unders. I, I, yeah, I'm just not sure where where points are going to come out of Chicago. We we know that the Niners can on their day can put up points. That they've got some talent there. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a really tough one. But I think this is my only my only kind of game line market for the for the the, the slate actually. So yeah, one to keep an eye on in in that regard. But we move on to Jacksonville at Washington, your old team. 
the uh, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Washington minus two and a half. The total is 43 and a half. And Doug Peterson mentoring Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville against his former protege, Carson Wentz in Washington, is what I'm here for in this one. But other than that, not a whole lot. Anything that uh, that you're watching this one for? Yeah, just for a commander's loss, hopefully. Uh, I love how you say back. makes me sound like such a shit bloke. But no, I won't be watching this one at all. I'll just be keeping an eye that um, making sure that commanders do lose and, and that my under bet's going well. But yeah, it, they, it's hard to say. I mean, I, they, they probably deserve to be favourites over a Jacksonville team that's won, what, about five or six games over the last two seasons. So it's hard to tip Jacksonville with any confidence, but they should be better for the... For the year they had last year with Trevor Lawrence now, another year into his career, he's got his old running mate back in Travis Etienne, got a new coach. There's there's a bit of optimism. They've got Trayvon Walker, of course, coming in as the number one pick. So, yeah, it should be time for the Jags to, to have a little bit of a leap this season. So, yeah, interesting one. But, yeah, one I won't be flicking over too, too quickly. See it on red zone and that's it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that I, I uh, mention your old team every week this year um, just because I can. Uh, we move into the, the Monday morning slate, 6.25 a.m. Australian Eastern. Las Vegas at Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers minus three and a half. The total is 52 and a half. And now we're getting to the real matchups to watch. You've got Josh Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler against Derek Carr, Devonta Adams, and Josh Jacobs, who are going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. This is a, a pretty stacked matchup, and, and I can't wait for this one. I guess the question here is, can the Raiders' defense keep the Chargers in check? Uh, that's the biggest question. In two games last season, uh, Justin Herbert amassed 606 yards in the air and six touchdowns to just one interception against the Raiders. Austin Eckler scored four times in those two games, two receiving, two running touchdowns, and I'm backing backing him in here for another one. Anytime touchdown, not long odds, a dollar eighty, but uh, yeah, just about even money in, on those ones with uh, with some juice. But what are you looking forward to in this one? be a cracker and, and they played a couple of awesome games last season and like you said the the real stuff starts now with a couple of these matchups that we're about to get into but uh this one in particular does look like an awesome an awesome game and I can't wait to see Devontae Adams in new colors for the first time for one obviously we'll be keeping a very close eye on the charges and, and how our, our man for MVP Justin Herbert goes I've got Austin Eckler and way too many drafts so I'll be keeping a close eye on him as well but um it's going to be an absolute cracking game and, and hopefully it's a high-scoring one. Uh, and we saw that a bit last year between the two teams. So a Josh McDaniels offense as well, that would be going to be another one to watch out for. But it's it's going to be an absolute epic game. And these games mean so much being, you know, in the AFC West, these division divisional games are going to mean so much when it comes to late in the season when, you know, potentially all four teams are vying for a playoff spot. So huge to get one up on on an offense, a division foe, I should say, early. So... Yeah, hopefully the Chargers for us can start well and, and hopefully that'll be the way I'll be playing it um, at SoFi Stadium. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup and, and one that I can't wait to watch. You mentioned Austin Eckler in fantasy and we put the call out a couple of weeks ago to to listeners to um, to find us a league that we could join as a podcast. So uh, we had a couple reach out, thanks to Nick and Matt. Uh, unfortunately, Nick, we we joined Matt's league a couple of days earlier than uh, than your than your shout out. So uh thanks to you guys and and we've got Austin Eckler in in that league which I'm looking we do to. and we also have Justin Herbert throwing we do ball. have Justin Herbert there too so yeah big one big one for us to, to kick off our uh our fantasy debut in this league hopefully we're uh we're up to the up to the fight um New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans the Titans minus five and a half 
The total is 43 and a half. You got anything in this one? Yeah, this is an interesting matchup. This is one that I'm worried about uh, for the Titans. I, I feel like they they have a tendency to lose these kind of games at home when they're expected to win, especially early in the season. And as I said, I'm a little bit bullish on the Giants this season. So if they come with a you know a really fresh attitude and they come you know ready to play and they get the Titans sleeping and and you know on which could spell trouble for the Titans if you know they drop a few early games, it could be a long road back. So yeah, keen to see this how this plays out, but. I think the Titans should get it done at home, but, you know, it's hard to say. And Brian Dable finally takes the reins of um, – well, takes the reins for the coaching job after five straight losing seasons for the Giants. So it's a it's a big turnaround they need to make. Um, it's probably why you've been so so down on them, which is fair enough. Um, but, they're you know, they, they – um, What the fuck? Sorry. It's reading something that – doesn't make sense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the Titans will look to, to kind of pick up where they left off. They they'll uh, feed Derrick Henry, who you know played only nine games or something last season, and still almost uh, notched up a thousand rushing yards, and, and I think finished sixth or seventh on the list of total total rushing yards for the season, which is just truly incredible. And uh, I think he has to be the man for them. They've obviously um, you know got in eight. Uh, they've lost AJ Brown and. They've acquired Robert Woods coming off an ACL, which is a little bit worrying. They've got Austin Hooper in the tight end position, but they haven't got much else. They've got um, King Westbrook, who looks like he could be a good player, but he's nothing special yet. They've um, behind behind Freeman, uh, behind Henry. They've got um, Hillard, who you know is a serviceable back, but it's nothing again to, to really write home about. Samuel is going to have to have a big year and be on point and not give the ball away, which he hasn't done, you know, in recent seasons to his credit. Other than that that playoff game where he had a bit of a meltdown against the Bengals, but they, uh, they should look after the ball. Their defense is solid and, and hopefully the Giants take a little while to kick into gear. Just so the Titans can notch a win early in the season, but they are a little bit worried about this one. I think the Giants could potentially, um, you know, come all the way and, and even cause a mini upset. So just one to be wary of in this. Yeah, definitely some question marks about both of these franchises. Uh, the, the big one I think is, well, for, for each team is how much can the Giants improve under Brian Dayball? Their offense was horrific. Obviously, we know that they missed Saquon Barkley for most of last season. Their receiver core was terrible. Uh, Daniel Jones could could definitely use some help in, in that regard. And, and the Titans, I mean, how much more do they have in the tank? Obviously, you mentioned they've lost AJ Brown. They replaced him with with Robert Woods. You know, where he's at in his rehab is, is up for debate. Um how fit is Derek Henry? By all reports, he's, he's fit and firing, ready to go. But Ryan Tannehill looked for the first time in, in three or four years, looked like he was on a downward slope last season. And, and, you know, taking AJ Brown out of that equation for Tannehill, what does that mean for the, the Titans offense? Um, but I mean, where the Giants really need help is is defensively. And they ranked dead last, last season for DVOA defense against the run. And this is clearly a tough one first up trying to contain King Henry and, and that run heavy offense in uh, in Tennessee. I don't have a don't have a play on the game, but I don't mind Derek Henry first touchdown at five dollars fifty. Um, I know it's not incredibly long odds for a first a first score, but um, you know he's going to be the go to guy almost every play in in Tennessee, and uh, you know anywhere near that end zone, it's going to Derek Henry first, second, third, and fourth. Um, and you know as long as they get the ball. Nice and early in in that game that uh, he's a big shot for uh, for first touchdown 
for that game. Uh, Kansas City at Arizona, the Cardinals plus five and a half. The over-under is 53 and a half. We go back to Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray without Tyreek Hill, without DeAndre Hopkins. So a little bit different look for uh, for both of these offenses, but it is an interesting matchup with this retooled Chiefs passing game. We've got Sky Moore coming in, Juju Smith-Schuster out of Pittsburgh, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling out of Green Bay. Uh, and there are obviously a lot of concerns about both defenses. And we do know that the Cardinals' defense can make plays when they're called upon. Uh, we do know that the Cardinals like to start season strong. We saw what they did last year. Uh, seven or eight straight. Kansas City went one one and two to start last season. And the entire first half of last year, they went 50%. Uh, so no plays in this one for me. But do you reckon the Cards could pull a week one upset here? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's going to be an unreal game. And it's something that, um, you know, one of the best games of, this, of the week as well. Uh, they've, they've obviously, the Chiefs have kind of retooled, as he mentioned a couple of times for this season. Um, after their AFC Championship game loss last year, they've lost, um, you know, key defensive playmaker in Tyron Matthew, which is a huge out for them, probably more so than the loss of Tyreek Hill, for instance, on offense. So, yeah, it's a big one there. Kyler Murray has that new contract in place. So, yeah, it's a Cardinals team that does look good on f- offense, but they are still missing some key pieces. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. They've let go of Chase Ad- Ad- Edmonds. So, yeah, a few different starters coming in. They've got Hollywood Brown, though, which will which will stretch the field for, for the cards. They've got Zach Kurtz, who, who got traded, obviously, mid-season last year and looks really good in these new colours. So, yeah, but they, they started the season last year uh, in unbelievable form. They averaged um, over 32 points or 30 points a game in, in their seven-game winning streak at, this, at the start of the season. So, yeah, it was an unbelievable start the Cardinals, hopefully they can recapture that form so we can see some exciting football early. But Patrick Mahomes, he's never listed, listed, uh, he's never lost a season opener so, uh, since he started his career. So uh, it, it bodes to be an un- unreal matchup. So obviously the Chiefs being the road team, they they do still head in as favourites. But yeah, certainly can see an upset on the cards if, you know, on the cards if you, you know, pardon that pun. So I, I think it's, um, it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, no, I like that one. Pardon, pardon the pun on on the cards. On the cards, liked it. Completely, uh, but, one, but I'll take it. <laughs> from one, uh, from one great matchup to another, we've got Green Bay at Minnesota. The Vikings plus one and a half. The total is forty seven and a half. And as we spoke about both last week and earlier in the show, it is the obvious one to punch in the NFC North. The Packers clearly favourites for a reason, but. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his safety blanket in Devonta Adams anymore, so it's going to be super interesting to see if Alan Lazard can take that step up to be a full-time WR1 and how often A-Rod has to lean on those veterans uh, in Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, uh, etc. plus that that two-headed run beast that you touched on earlier, Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon. Obviously, Zadarius Smith that we, we spoke about earlier makes the move to shore up that Vikings defense after being named to the Pro Bowl in two of his three years in Green Bay, and that that has been the Vikings' biggest question, the, the defense. There's a heap of talent on offense with Kirk Cousins. You've got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, et cetera. But the offensive line is a worry and whether they can protect those guys enough uh, now that they've shored up the, the defense with Zadarius Smith. Um, I, I do think that both of these teams are going to be okay, but I'm not willing to play with cash here on this one with a, a few things still to be seen for, for both of these franchises. But you got anything here? Uh, like you said, it, it's the it's the clear standouts in the NFC North, and 
it'd be interesting to see how Minnesota go and if they can make an impact early on, uh, obviously at home. They, uh, the Raiders, uh, sorry, the Packers, you know, where I got the Raiders from, the Packers have owned that rivalry in recent seasons. And it's, it's late for, for everyone, everyone <laughs> listening. It's now nearly 11 p.m. So it's it late. is late. It is late. The Packers have won 15 of their last 18 against, uh, NFC North opponents. So they've been dominant against the whole division, let alone just the Vikings. But a new, a new receiving corp is the, is the big one, I suppose, for the Packers. They've, they've lost some key names that Alan Lazard now pretty much is their, their number one wide receiver. They've brought in Sammy Watkins, who's, He's been around the traps, but uh, Randall Cobbs, of course, still floating around and, and being a veteran and one of Aaron Rodgers' favourite targets for a long time. But that one-two punch um, for for the Packers is going to be the big one, and we know how good that defence still is. So that's where the game's going to be probably won or lost in this one, and we, and we know Aaron Rodgers will make the clutch throws. Same can't be said for Kirk Cousins. We know he's got the talent, uh, and he can do it, but uh, how often and how consistent he can be is going to be the question mark for the Vikings this season. So, yeah, the Packers hopefully will get off to a winning start for our division predictions, but, uh, yeah, no interest in betting on this one, that's for sure. Very well said. Uh, but another high-octane uh, matchup heading into the Monday morning slate for us, uh, Australian Eastern. you got Tampa Bay at Dallas, the Cowboys plus two and a half. The total is 50 and a half. Have you got anything in this one? No, nothing to, to play on here, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. That's for sure. There was This was the season opener last year, and um, that was an absolute epic where the Cowboys almost knocked off the Bucks. But yeah, interested to see how Todd Bowles goes, the former defensive coordinator, taking over Bruce Arians and you know, how dominant the Bucks were in, in their division last year. The Cowboys, likewise. I don't think they're going to have it all their own way, though, as we've touched on the Cowboys this season. So, um, you know, they, they've obviously changed their offense a lot with Amara Cooper traded away, Michael Gallup still injured. CeeDee Lamb's going to have to be a real big focal point in that passing game. And we know Dalton Schultz will probably get now more attention because of those receivers missing. So whether or not he can be as effective as he was last year, he was excellent last season. I think Tony Pollard's going to have a massive season. He's going to have a bigger workload, especially the pass catching back. Ezekiel Elliott looks to be, you know, they just paid all that money for his big contract, but he certainly looks to be on the decline, doesn't he? Um, I mean, he's still a very good talent and, and can be great on his day, but Tony Pollard looks to be the direction, I think. Um, I've been very high on him in, in drafts and stuff as well. So I'll be hoping Tony Tony Pollard can have a big season. But the Bucks, we know how good they are in, on that offensive um, side. <clears throat> so many weapons at Tom Brady's disposal. He's also got Julio Jones, a, a very um, old, I suppose now, Julio Jones, who hasn't been... The same Hulu Jones we know um, as he was when he went to Tennessee. Really struggled over there. But yeah, I'm sure Tom Brady, if anyone can get him someone back to life, um, you know, he certainly made Gronk look bloody good till he till the ripe old age. So uh, I'm sure he'll do the same with that red zone target of Julio Jones. And then you've got Godwin still. You've still got Mike Evans. Russell Gage is a really good talent they got from the Falcons. So, yeah, they're, they're still well-loaded, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and as long as playoff Lenny kind of comes back in, in reasonable shape as well, they look a, um, a class above uh, um, the Cowboys at this stage. Well, fun, funny you should mention playoff Lenny because I think that, that that's kind of my my one take out of this game is that his uh, rushing yard line looks a little bit lower. I think he's going to be the the, mm. the main guy on the ground, uh, at least for the first half of the season anyway, and, and then maybe slow down a little bit uh, throughout the second half before playoffs. But um, his line is 43 and a half, and it just seems just seems low given the amount of talent that, that the Bucks have in the passing game uh, that 
you know, I think he's going to get some good opportunities for for yardage on, on the ground, and and you know they're going to go to him to to bust open some some tackles and and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I just thought that that, that forty three and a half was was a little bit low. The, the question marks around Dallas. Obviously, we know how dynamic they were on offense, but they they let go Amari Cooper. I still think that was a huge mistake, as as we touched on uh, in our season preview a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and and yet to be seen if CD Lamb can step up to be that number one guy uh, in Dallas. So yeah, some question marks around around the Cowboys, but it should be should be a mega game. You're right; that season opener last season was was an absolute belter. Uh, and if we get anywhere near that, uh, I think everyone will walk away pretty happy. And on that note, we uh, talk about walking away. We're into the final game of the opening week, Tuesday morning, Australian Eastern Time, ten fifteen a.m. Denver at Seattle. The Seahawks plus six and a half. The total is 44 and a half. And mate, who knows in this one? It feels like two completely new franchises. So much in common with Russell Wilson now lining up for his Broncos debut against Seattle, uh, where he he made his name and and, uh, has done so much great work. But we just don't know how both teams are going to play. The Broncos are, are all in on that playoff spot. They need to make the playoffs, having you know given up the trade collateral, uh, all those assets for, for Russell Wilson plus the new contract. Uh, Seattle, like we touched on earlier, probably playing off for that number one or two pick in the draft with those those two kind of consensus uh, early pick QBs they're going to be looking at. Um, not out yet with the books, but I'm keen to see some of the Russell Wilson passing yard props because I think with uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, he, he could do some damage on this Seahawks defense. But uh, other than that, there's not much else for me to uh, to watch in this one you no i mean obviously that's the that's the thing to watch for obviously isn't it the return for russell wilson the kind of reception he gets uh in seattle i'm sure he'll get um warm applause and and uh you know the fans absolutely love him so i think uh the broncos uh the seattle faithful will welcome him back with um open arms after that amazing 10-year relationship they have he obviously took him to a, a super bowl title another super bowl appearance and um, yeah, like you said, they've given up the farm to get uh, Russell Wilson, the Broncos, and they're paying him a, a bucket load of cash at, at that as well. So they're in win now mode for the Broncos. They've got uh, a really talented defense. Their offense is still a work in progress, but they're certainly building something there. And hopefully, for their sake, Russell Wilson is the man. They've just landed at the you know in a really strong division at potentially the wrong time. As uh, they're going to be, it's going to be they're going to be up against it to make the playoffs. I don't have them in there, but they should be winning pretty comfortably. In week one against a pretty pretty lackluster Seattle looking um outfit at this stage. So yeah, not much more to add though, but yeah, still a really good Monday night football game to round out week one. Absolutely. No, it should be a should be a rip snorter of a, an opening week. Uh really looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. It feels like it's been forever since the, the Rams won that Super Bowl. But uh given it's week one, uh the first couple of weeks we might lay low on the uh the weekly bets and, and long shots and whatever. We've kind of mentioned a couple throughout the course of the show, but um, in terms of lock of the week, there are a couple I think that we both liked. We, we talked through just before we hit record uh, the Michael Pittman anytime touchdown. Uh, we both liked Joe Mixon against the Steelers, uh, Mark Andrews uh, against the Jets. We both liked the Saints to win. Um, what are you thinking for, for lock of the week in this one? Yeah, we, we had a quick discussion uh, before we started recording. I think Michael Pittman might be the one here. Uh, I really do like Joe Mixon uh, over as well, uh, as you mentioned, and there's a couple others 
thrown out there in the player props, but uh, I really like uh, the Michael Pittman player. I also do like the Rams in the opener as a, as a plus uh, start, but yeah, I think the Michael Pittman play a little bit of value. Why not? Let's do a player prop to, to start off the lock of the week uh, for the season. Sounds good. That is the lock of the week. Michael Pittman, anytime touchdown. Uh, I think that was $2.45 uh, that you can get and might even be able to get a little bit better if you shop around. Um, that just about does it for our week one preview. Uh, we'll be back same time next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can catch us on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on social media, we're on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, of course. And we're also now on TikTok. So get along and uh, check that out on on TikTok if you're under what 28 years old, uh, <laughs> like neither of us are, and we're still working that shit out but uh you know we'll, we'll get there but we're, we're everywhere that you might want to find us and uh if there is anything that you do want to see from us let us know uh we did have some questions from uh from our old mate matt zemek over in the states this week but uh just run out of time unfortunately and, and we might be able to get to some of those questions but if there is anything that uh that you do want to know let us let us know and, and we'll try and get to you either on twitter throughout the course of the week or uh next week's show uh with a bit of notice and uh fingers crossed It's a great week one of the new season. And uh, other than that, go birds. Go birds.